Hey folks, this week's episode is featuring comedian and my good friend Lisa Curry. We've been through it all together in LA and her inaugural album Alive for a While came out anywhere you listen on September 2nd, 2020. We are long ass talkers and I was able to ask some pretty probing questions because I've known her for most of her 40 customer service jobs. We say, I think we rounded out at 37 on this episode, but we actually did the math after and it's 40. So we are splitting this interview up over a few weeks because we talked for four free hours and this ain't Rogan. The episodes are all hilarious and you should definitely go buy her album or I will never hear the end of it. So please, oh my God, buy her album. So, okay. Well, we hope y'all are ready for a marathon. Go get your Gatorade and turn the volume down because Lisa's really loud. I just coughed so hard. I puked a little. Um, oh, good. This is already starting strongly. You know what's great is, you know, like I love watching the, the fun ways that karma plays out. Like, <laughs> My grandma and my mom always cough, or my grandma no longer coughs. She's dead now. They cough a lot, all the time, and I hate it. And I didn't realize that this was, like, it drives me insane. Like, to me, I'm like, just just stop coughing. Just stop it. And my friend Rick and I were talking the other day because I was having a coughing fit from allergies. And I never realized what it was that bothered me about it. And he's like... God, I hate the sound of coughing. Like, while I'm coughing, he's like, I hate this sound. He's like, it sounds like poor people living. <laughs> and I'm like, that's, that's too accurate. Why I hate it. Because it's just like my family being poor and sitting around and being like, he's <laughs> like unable to even sit fucking peacefully, you know? Everything has to be a struggle, even breathing. Yeah, and now for the last like three weeks, I've just been coughing nonstop. I think it's allergies or I'm dying. Parm. I don't We'll see. I mean, I hope it's COVID. Hey, can you do me a favor? Can you get a... Well, first of all, can you definitely absolutely have that be the last time you cough? That has to be it. So we're done with that. This interview is going to take six and a half hours. Are you done coughing for Christ fucking sake? I hope so. I have like hot lemon water and then room temperature water. Oh, man, I got to go to my notes. This is going to be great. We are never getting through this. Lisa's just wandering around her apartment. Mm -hmm. Intro time. Here we go. Oh, hi, you're listening to Service from Hell, a podcast featuring people that are currently in customer service positions or the lucky few that got out and all the good, bad and infinitely irritating things that go along with that work. I'm actor and writer Kate Gaffney and am uniquely qualified to discuss this as I currently work or I used to work at a very busy and very popular comedy club in Los Angeles. And at least one of you listening right now has probably grabbed me and told me you were ready to order when I was running around like a crazy person. So let's eat. I'd like to welcome our guest, Lisa Curry. Lisa is a comic and TV writer from the mediocre state of Indiana. Lisa now calls both LA and NYC home. Starting at the second city in Hollywood and then expanding to an international touring comic, Lisa is a sought-after comedian that barely has time to sleep. In the summer of 2019, she completed a two-month tour of Europe. Am I... Have I done this before? Jesus Christ. In the summer of 2019, she completed a two-month tour of Europe, headlining three festivals and selling out her debut album recording before wrapping up her tour in Jordan, where she performed for the U.S. troops. Lisa has written for NBC, True TV, and Comedy Central, where she was a staff writer on the ever-popular and super hilarious Jim Jeffries show. She also is a regular guest on You Up with Nikki Glaser on Comedy Central's Sirius XM's channel. 
I love Nikki. She's been amazing to Lisa. I'm just throwing that in. Her work is best described, hers being Lisa's, is best described as smart, dark, and deeply personal. I better know Lisa from Hard Rock Cafe, Insanity, and from the Second City and sharing the stage as idiots prior to Lisa becoming a, a comic that was too famous to deal with me. I was able to pin her down for this podcast. And you know, Lisa, nobody cares about you, but I needed guests. So what's happening? How are you? Hi. Um, <laughs> that's a hell of an intro. That's, that's amazing. Do I get an Emmy at the end of this or? No, no uh, one likes you. No one cares. No, so, yeah. Oh, yes. So okay, no. Yes. So that's no, right. you don't. That's right. Okay. So what got you? So you are originally from Indiana and you moved out to LA thinking comedy is for me. You escaped escaped to LA thinking, get me out of here. Um, (laughs) Was comedy your first focus though? Were you like, here I go? No, I didn't think I, I, growing up my family. Okay. My family's sorry if you're listening, they're very (laughs) fucking mean. Okay. They're very mean, but they're very funny. Um, so that's a compliment sandwich. Yeah. It's an open face sandwich, uh, but it's a sandwich nonetheless. <laughs> so they're very funny and they, um, they're good storytellers. And we watched a lot of comedy growing up. Like I didn't watch the shows other people our age watched because we had a, we were a one television household. So we watched whatever my dad wanted to watch, which was mm-hmm. um, mostly Westerns. But my, my parents would put on like during the day when my dad was at work, if I was home, I would watch, I love Lucy. And then just like episode after episode after episode. Um, and then when my parents were together at night, when we were, the family was all together. We would watch the tonight show and all in the family. And I watched a lot of all in the family and golden girls with my grandma. And then later my family was like addicted to Seinfeld. <laughs> so it was which is, is funny because I don't think any of them has ever met a Jew. So I don't know. <laughs> no, they really grasped it. It's like they were laughing. They're laughing like kids laugh at jokes. Like they don't totally get them, but they're like, yeah, neuroses. Uh-huh. You know? <laughs> Lisa loves Jews. Here we go. <laughs> yeah. They're like, we totally understand bagel dynamics. Like they, you know, <laughs> Schmear. Ha ha. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay. So you're uh, watching all of that growing up. Yeah. So I watched all that growing up. And I think, you know, when you come from a blue collar family, first of all, entertainment doesn't sound realistic. Uh, More specifically than that, comedy definitely doesn't sound realistic. And it's not, please, nobody start. We're full. Um, (laughs) There's plenty. Um, there's no openings. Don't, don't apply. There's no, we're, we, actually, I just got a note this morning. They're like, we are at capacity. Stop. Uh, <laughs> so dumb. We're never getting through this. Keep going. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I like growing up, I thought Johnny Carson is a comedian and Jerry Seinfeld is a comedian and that's it. Those are the comedians. Like I, I thought of comedians, like Christians think of God or Jesus, like, you're just anointed one. You're oh. you are one from birth, and that's that's it. Uh, there's no getting in. Um, what an interesting! I've never heard anyone say it like that before. That's really no. interesting. I guess that sort of becomes our relationship to entertainment. Uh, Lisa has a dog. Just to be clear, and I yeah. didn't do this programming <laughs> note up top. Stop my stop my no, ass making no. that noise. Well, nah, let's let's <laughs> well. let's not get too ahead of ourselves. We don't know what's going to happen. But Lisa has a dog, and also I forgot to mention she is in Los Angeles right now. 
and I am not there because I'm still in Ohio. And so the programming note is just that you're going to hear potentially a little bit of static and a little bit of, of dog rumbling because her dog is actually a horse. And so, you know, kind of can be loud. She's so gigantic. She's massive. She is almost as long as I am tall. And yes. that's not a joke. And Lisa uh, got her. Six months old. And she's six months old. Lisa got her in quarantine. She immediately mm-hmm. became obsessed. So anyway, those are all the programming notes that a, a professional would have <laughs> mentioned up top, but I absolutely didn't mention up top that I'm mentioning now. So I apologize. So you, I was super high the other night and I was <laughs> talking to her and I was like, listen, I know, I know you know how to speak English. I'm like, your secret is safe with me. Just say a couple of words. And then I was like, wait a minute. That's what the son of Sam did. <laughs> like, oh my God. Okay. He I, thought his neighbor's dog was talking. I know. And that's a re- real thing. And, um, I am, I do, I do think she can speak English. Um, so I'm real, not rescinding that comment, but real quick, Lisa, this is not a historical podcast because I know you're obsessed with history. We will not be discussing JFK. There are no murders on this podcast. You can be on a different podcast for that. And also like, it's not Doug Benson's podcast. So like the high shit, like you can talk about all those things, but I just want to get us real clear. Otherwise this is going to be six and a half hour episode. I know. I know you are. Uh, My sober (laughs) thought is that my dog can speak English anyway. Okay. So so Seinfeld, (laughs) Seinfeld. Yeah. So Seinfeld and Johnny Carson. And actually I mean, I my family, uh, as much as they love comedies and watching TV, they're um, they don't like they don't get it. I, I you know, like the, everything's called a program. It's not we don't there's no distinction between TV and movie. Bless they don't understand how I mean, like zero understanding of how entertainment works, which is fine. They're they're blue collar people. They have jobs in not entertainment. But I, I say that to say, like when I was a kid. When Jay Leno took over The Tonight Show, I hated him as a kid because I thought he got Johnny Carson fired. Like, I had no real understanding. And I was like, this asshole. (laughs) This job stealer. (laughs) Yeah. Johnny was a great guy. Like, I didn't understand people retire. Again, to the God thing, I thought, like, you just are a comedian. Uh, I also am a god, so that's a different. Oh, here thing. we go. Also, not this <laughs> podcast. This is six and a half hours, folks. Saddle up. Here we go. Okay, so you, so you have no real concept of what it would mean to be mm-hmm. in entertainment. But were you? Was there a spark in you when you would watch these programs and think, "I'm going to use program all for the remainder of the podcast"? Just so we're clear, yeah. uh, was when you'd watch them and you would think, "I want to do that," or was it just, yeah. "Oh, okay, interesting." I well, w- when I was little. And this is, I'm just going to set myself up for a quick roasting. Um, I also like loved Shirley Temple because my grandma loved Shirley Temple and I had short curly blonde hair. And so my grandma would call me Shirley Temple. So I had this like fixation with like, I was in dance classes and stuff and I was like, I'm going to be Shirley Temple. And then when I got a little older, I was like, I want to be Lucille Ball. Um, who is, for yeah. the record, one of the greatest comedians and business women in yeah, entertainment absolutely. of all time. She's a bad bitch. I didn't yeah, realize. She also, she she single-handedly greenlit Star Trek. Sure did. No idea until the other day. Sure did. Um, yeah, so that's I, it's funny because I, when I was a kid, that's who I wanted to be. And then as I got older and, like, discovered stand-up, all of my stand-up influences were men. And I didn't, I kind of... It, it is interesting how it seems like there's so few women in comedy when there, in actuality, are so very many. You're just, it's just a thing where only one person is given a spotlight at, at a time. Oof. It's not like, and I think that that breeds like this competitiveness with a lot of us that that 
is unnecessary and is hurtful to the whole of us. You know, there's always like the queen of comedy, um, mm. but it's not two people. You like you will never hear somebody discuss that five female comedians are all doing really great. It's always like, oh, Amy Schumer is on top right now or Sarah Silverman is on top right now because they have a movie out or whatever, because they just released a special. But it's like there's a thousand of us. Well, that's blowing my mind because I I didn't even think about that. And you're right. And it not only does it set up a land of competition, but also that informed you as a kid. I mean, mostly you're about to explain who the male influences were for you, but Mm -hmm. you were only seeing men get up. So, of course, you know, I mean, also at growing up, like, you know, there were amazing male comics Mm -hmm. as there are today. But that is such a fascinating way that we as women are socialized to continue to take each other down and continue to have infighting because if there is only one, that's insane. You're so right. It's, I mean, and they do it to black comics too. Yeah, And I'm not, I'm, I'm not saying it's a one for one, but like coming up everyone, whenever I would tell somebody I'm a comic, they're like, Oh, like Amy Schumer. And I'm like, cause I have a round face and blonde hair. It, It, it's like, we could not be more different, but there's like, Every blonde female comic is compared mm. to Amy Schumer and every brunette female comic is compared to Sarah, Sarah Silverman. Silverman. Yeah. And every every black male comic I know, it, it's like Chris somebody's Rock. like, oh, are they like Chris Rock or yep. Dave Chappelle? And it's like, or they could be like Bernie Mac or mm-hmm. Bill Cosby. <laughs> R.I.P. Or any literally or themselves. <laughs> or they yeah exactly or they can be their own unique voice this it's like it's such a crazy thing and I I think it's I think it's partly an insidious thing and I think it's partly just human nature of wanting to categorize people so you can more easily and quickly understand them I think that's fair. And I think but it's such I mean, your my brain is bleeding. Like what an interesting thing to even think about my own time and my own relationship to entertainment and how we sort of came up during the era where there were still movie stars. I mean, arguably, there's still movie stars today, but it's so nebulous. And now there's mm-hmm. so many avenues to become quote unquote famous that it's hard to keep up with. Oh, wait. Oh, we care about this person now. Oh, now this person. But that's a that's interesting that I mean, I don't know who you look up to now if you're coming up and trying to be in any sort of entertainment. I mean, I that's not totally fair. I guess there are some. But so so what was it that so you have all these male influences in comedy. What would make you have the gall to assume that as a woman you could do it? I did not. For a long time, I was like, well, I don't I can't do that because humor is so specific and I'm I can't do that. I just can't. And also it's just not for women. I think that, I think that that was a more um, subconscious thought. And then I didn't even consider doing comedy until I I started second city. Cause you and I were at, we were at hard rock together and we worked with a a woman. um, Get past it. I'm trying to find a, I'm trying to find a pseudonym for her. We worked with a woman who at the time was going to second city. And at the time we were all friends and, and she was like, yeah, I love it. You should join. And I was like, that sounds like a cult. No, thank you. Um, I remember also when this is how I'm a hundred years old. When I first moved (laughs) to LA, I remember seeing an ad for second city classes in the back of backstage West well, and I was like, oh, I don't know if I could do it. It's so scary. Like, I thought impro- improv was terrifying. And I eventually signed up only because it was terrifying. And I wow. thought, if I'm going to be in this business, I can't be scared of improv. That's a ridiculous fear. 
So I'm going to take one class and get over my fear and move on and go back to auditioning and like regular acting classes. Let me jump. So where, but where in the timeline was our former coworker? Had you already seen the ad in Backstage West? And then our former coworker was like, do this thing. Okay. So it's sort of the foundation had been laid from the magazine, which also still exists. So you're, we're both a hundred, but also that magazine still exists. And then, so the coworker says, do this thing. And then did you have to take IFA or did you go into the first level for people who had taken improv before I did my very first class there. They, they stopped offering. I think I was the last class to take it. And it was like, cause I ruined it. Uh, it was <laughs> feels right on brand. Some, <laughs> some kind of intensive. It was like a week long intensive or maybe it was like I, a two week thing, whatever it was. It was with Dave Rosowski. He was the was creative in, director at the time or the, yes, yeah. Okay. Exactly. And it was in the building where Second City is now, but it was when they first moved there from Melrose. So they first moved into Hollywood Boulevard and there was no heat in the building. So we're rehearsing in the winter, which I know it sounds like I'm a baby winter time in LA, but it gets down to fucking 30, 40 degrees at night. Okay, thank you very much. It's cold. (laughs) Um, There's no heat. So we're like bundled up improvising and it's just like bare wood boards on the floors because they didn't, it was like before they had carpet, like, because it used to be an old dance studio. So it was like the springs in the floors and they had just torn the mirrors off of the, off of the walls. So there's just like glue on the walls. So you take the, I think, I think the intensive was IFA. It meant improv for actors, but it was an intensive you could do. I had to do it as a class because I didn't have time, but I think what you're describing, I mean, I could be wrong, but what you're describing, Mm -hmm. there was a two week, just get it done option to try and introduce you to that world. So that may there have been, was, but it didn't, it didn't, it wasn't a building block towards their program. So oh. then I had to go back and do levels one through five after that. Yeah. So the way they got me was IFA there. It was improv for actors where you, you had to take one, two, three before you could even get into the conservatory. So we went oh, after yeah. IFA three, we auditioned for uh, conservatory one. So it, you just, you burned through it faster. I had an office job, so I couldn't cause the hard rock cafe wasn't doing oh, it for yeah. me. Yeah. Okay. So let me just, I want to just go backwards just for a second. So you watch all of these influences as you're coming up at what moment did you decide, Oh, I'm leaving all of this behind and LA is for me and why LA? Why not New York? Why not Miami? Why not, you know, why not anywhere else? Well, why not Miami? Cause I don't do cocaine. So <laughs> that was, you're a comic that does off my list. <laughs> Never done it. So sorry. Why does cocaine come up on this podcast all the time? Huge pussy because other people are living. Okay. And I'm not, same, that's what's going on. Here. Same. Oh Everyone else is having a good time. The best time like, on it. And we're, we're busy being squares in the back. Like, well, I just don't want to dissolve my nose and become addicted and I'm all right. We're like, well, if I work hard, I'll achieve things. And that's not true. So where's the back door? I'm tired. Where's the back door entrance? <laughs> Is it cocaine? Here we go. <laughs> I'm ready to just do a bunch of drugs and somehow get a special. Um, I, it's happened you guys, for a lot of people. She will um, not. We are not getting through. This is going to be a six part episode. Just yeah. saddle up. Guys. I'm going to keep saying it. All right. So, so not so, Miami because oh, you're not addicted. Because I didn't. I had no, to me, I, I didn't know, I, this, this is years before I would consider stand-up. So, of course, I didn't know that New York was the epicenter for stand-up. I, to me, I thought New York is Broadway, mm-hmm. L.A. is a film and television, which roughly is true. Yeah. And I thought, well, I can't sing or dance. Facts. Not in a choreographed way. In a flailing, <laughs> I'm helping anyway. a dying way. Yes. <laughs> but, like, so I thought, well, I have 
absolutely no shot at Broadway. None whatsoever. I'm already, I mean, by the time I moved out to LA, I was 19. So I thought, I thought to myself, like, I've already aged out of training for, which who knows? I mean, who probably knows? It's true unless you're a fucking millionaire. And yeah, you Nene Leakes got, all day. yeah, Nene Leakes from uh, Real Housewives got on Broadway. It Nothing makes me more infuriated than that. Really, anyway, whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm derailing. Yeah. I don't even know who she is. Right. I don't like it. I'm mad. Um, <laughs> Thank you. Be mad for I'm me. I'm mad. Also, put me on Broadway, please. Thank you. Um, <laughs> also, same. Um, listen, Chris Rock did <laughs> it. Also, if you, yeah. Thank you. Here we uh, go. Here we go. We're getting focused. Terrible actor. God, I love him. Stop um, it. Anyway. So, so why? So, well, first of all, how old were you when you were like, L, I'm moving full stop? Two. Okay, great. I, I figured. Like, when I was <laughs> conscious enough to understand my family <laughs> dynamics. <laughs> so real okay and then (laughs) when were you did you 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 decided very early on you decided at 19 I'm moving to LA yeah what happened was so I have an aunt that lives in Anaheim and she had moved out here for acting like in the 70s and uh she uh almost immediately gave up she had some success early on and then she got married and her husband wasn't into it men ruin everything folks they ruin everything so (laughs) so she quit and then I was on the phone with her one day I don't know what prompted the phone call I think maybe she was I was living with my grandma at the time still back in Indiana Mm -hmm. so back in Indiana and I was talking I had been apparently I had talked about moving to California for years because when I was well backstory I came to visit California and that aunt with my mom when I was little and so to me this was like Mecca. This was like some uh, paradise yeah. that I could access, you know, compared to Indiana. It is absolutely fucking paradise out here. And uh, when I did visit my aunt, she like at the time she lived in the mountains in like this big, beautiful home with a hot tub. And I didn't know anyone that owned a hot tub. So I was just like, God damn, how rich is she? Um <laughs> you, you know, like those like just silly ideas of things you have sure. when you're a kid. And I'm like, she has a deck. What? <laughs> A deck in a hot tub? This is crazy. Heaven. There's a guest room? A ge- like, what does that even mean? I never heard of a guest room when I was a kid. <laughs> so it just like burned into my brain that this was like the place to go. To um, get all of those things sort of. So this was the peaceful, yeah. accessible thing. Okay. So you yeah. talked to her and on I'm the like, phone. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I talked you- to her on the... F- oh, two things. I When I was a kid, I like... I did recitals and all this kind of stuff. And I would put on plays like anybody else that ends up in this business. Um, (laughs) We're all out of our minds. Terrible plays where I literally would beat my friends and force (laughs) them to learn lines. Lisa still does that to her friends, just to be clear. (laughs) Oh, I wish. I wish. Are you kidding me? Uh, (laughs) um, Ridiculous. What I wouldn't give to just physically abuse someone right now. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I always wanted to perform but then like it's kind of like when you get older and you stop being playful and stop being childish it was the same the same thing was happening but with my career dreams where I was like well that's ridiculous like it's what I desperately wanted to do but I thought that's silly that's Mm. that's not a realistic goal I should go into business the shoulds, um, the shoulds to get us out of art. I totally the fucking shoulds. Yeah. The all the shoulds. All the shoulds. Uh, so I would talk about wanting to perform, but just kind of like I don't know, like you talk about wanting to get on the first space flight to Mars. Like sure. I mean, I don't. It's not really going to happen, but like hypothetically, I would love to do that. Mm. Um, and then I was on the phone with my aunt one day, and I was saying like, yeah, you know, I want to move to LA eventually. And I kept, I kept. 
I mean, I graduated, went to Purdue for a year and during that whole year kept talking about California. And I was like, yeah, you know, one day I'm going to move one day I'm going to move. And then I was on the phone with my aunt and she goes, you know, Lisa, I know a lot of, after I moved, a lot of my friends said they were going to move and they never did. And she's like, the longer you stay in Indiana, the more comfortable you're going to be there, the more French friends you're going to make, the further along you're going to get in your job. And she's like, it's going to get harder and harder and harder. And she's like, if you don't come out now, you're not going to come out. And I swear to God, I hung up the phone and I went upstairs and I started packing because I was like, I'll be goddamned oh, if I, I stay love here. That. Like, I am not staying here. <laughs> wow. God love your aunt for that conversation with you. I mean, that's, that's the only nice thing. She's I was just about to say that's the only gift she's ever given you. How lovely. Well, it got you out there. So now we're OK. So you pack pack your things. Do you drive out to India or geez, to L.A. Mm-hmm. by yourself? This is how. Oh, <laughs> Kate asks leading questions. It is. <clears throat> so let me tell you, when I decided that I was moving to L.A., my first order of business was to buy a bright red Camaro because I thought I can't go to Los Angeles with like a Midwestern car. I've got to go out there with like a cool babe car. So I get my cool babe 1994 Camaro. Yes. Um, and whatever day it was, I decided to leave. It wasn't, I mean, you know this Kate, but for anyone listening, I make a lot of quick decisions that have have massive consequences. consequences. (laughs) (laughs) I don't, I will hem and haul over what kind of bread to get for an hour. But if you're like, Hey, want to go to Hanoi tomorrow? I'd be like, yeah, absolutely. How much are tickets? Like I would. How quickly did you decide to meet me in Bali? How quickly was that decision made? In three seconds. Yeah. So quick, just super quick side note, guys, Kate's (laughs) backpacking around wherever. Southeast Asia. Southeast Asia a handful of years ago. And she gives me her dates and she's like, Hey, if you want to come meet me in one of these places, great. I have exactly my rent money in the bank. <laughs> I take that money, buy a plane ticket. And I was like, great, I'll be there next week for 10 days. And then I was like, fuck, I don't have rent money. So then I sublet my apartment for a month. These are things that are available to you guys. Live your fucking life. Live your life like fuck this. Rent. It was rent so much fun. Rent is a it scam. Was so much fun. And I went and I went to uh, <laughs> Indonesia with Kate for like 10 days. And then for the other 20 days, I crashed on my friend's couch. Who gives a fuck? Who cares? <laughs> There's no rules, guys. There's no rules. None. Someone else fucked in my bed for a month. Sweet. Okay. Yeah, it was no about problem. time somebody did in that bed. Hey. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So <laughs> thank sorry. you. Um. <laughs> okay. Sorry. So you buy this. Um, you buy this Camaro on two dollars, and you're so buy this <laughs> goddamn Camaro, and and that was enough. That purchase was also like kind of a bet. Like I told my friend, I was like, I'm going to get a red Camaro, and she's like, No, you're not. And then to spite her. That was also p- part of why I bought it. Um, That's so hardcore, your brand. Despite fill in the blank, I did fill in the blank. <laughs> despite someone, I went into debt. Uh, <laughs> but you got the car. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so I, when I, de- whenever I decide that I'm leaving, I, I don't know why I picked the date I did. Uh, looking back, it feels like it was an arbitrary thing. I just started packing my car. And then, oh, once I decided I was moving to L.A., there was a girl that I went to high school with that I did not like. <laughs> um, we were friends when I was like in elementary school. And and then she turned out to be evil. And she called me at work one day. I'm a hostess at a restaurant. And I, I hadn't spoken to her in years at this point. And she's like, hey, hey, are you? what's going on? And I'm like, I'm working. What? 
what is this? And she's like, your grandma gave me this number. And I'm like, why are you calling me at work? This is not an emergency. And she's like, um, I'm, and I'm like, the restaurant's packed and I'm on the phone with her and I'm like, uh, why is this person calling me? I'm so confused. And she's like, I heard you're moving to California. I heard from Melissa. I ran into her at Walgreens and she says, you're moving to California. I'm moving to California too. Want to be roommates? And I was like, um, sure. And she's like, okay, I'll talk to you later. And I was like, okay, bye. And like, that was it. And she had a musician boyfriend that was living out here. So she had flown out here and was staying with him. And then I was going to drive by myself. I wish I would have driven by myself. Thank you so much. (laughs) And her mom was freaking out. Her mom, like at this point, I'm not really talking to my parents. I'm living with my grandma. I am not in a good place with my parents. So I barely talk to them. And this girl's mom calls me and she's like, you can't drive out by yourself because her daughter's dumb. So she thinks I'm also dumb. So she's like, you can't, you can't do this. I'm going to have somebody drive with you. And I can't remember this guy's name. But it was like a f- her friend's 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 kid or something like that. And he was like a couple years older than me, wow. had the personality of a used napkin. <laughs> I mean, just like, no, n- not funny, not interesting, nothing to say, not attractive. And but just because he was male, she decided that that was the right decision? A hundred percent. Thank you. Do you see a theme? Uh, oh, just boy. because he was male. Oh, you, wait for it. So... <laughs> I don't talk to him beforehand. This is, by the way, this is before smartphones. This is before social media. So for all you kids listening. This was in 1982. Yeah, I wasn't able to look him up on fucking Facebook to make sure that he was not a psycho. All right. And the woman referring him to me is a psycho. Her daughter is also a psycho. It's a family full of psychos. (laughs) And they refer this guy to me. So I packed my car up with like clothes and posters, guys. I packed so many posters. Nothing I actually needed. I should have stolen so much food from my grandma's house. I should have taken laundry detergent. Do you know I took nothing I fucking needed? I had like one of those giant things of CDs. Like, I still don't understand. Um, So I I pack up my car. I drive to another town to pick him up in a McDonald's parking lot. Oh, God, that's how you get murdered, girl. I'm surprised you're alive. I'm stuck. I, I'm not even convinced I'm alive, Kate. I think I may have been murdered so many times that my my soul just is presented as a human at this point. I, I don't, because oh I've God. been in so many fucked up situations. I agree. So yeah. I pick him up at McDonald's. I don't even, I don't tell my mom I'm leaving. I say goodbye to my grandma. I go to the bar to say goodbye to my dad. The bar that your parents own. The bar that my parents own, which at the time they didn't own, but my grandma owned, who cares? Um, minor Details. detail. <laughs> So I go to the bar. My dad comes out and he's like, well, don't look at me like I'm going to start crying. And then he like palms me $200. He's like, get out of here. And I was like, okay. (laughs) Like I was a stray dog. (laughs) Um, And I just get on the road at nine o'clock at night to head to Los Angeles. Oh, by the way, I, there's, there's no smartphones again, guys, no GPS. Do you know what I have? I had gone to the week prior. I went to T-Mobile to get a new flip phone because I also had to come to LA with a flip phone. Because you're going to old Nokia brick. Sure. That would be Can't so embarrassing. That. So ridiculous. <laughs> so I go to get a new flip phone. The girl at the counter, I'm like, oh, I got to get a new phone because I'm moving to Los Angeles. And she's like, I'm moving to Los Angeles. And I'm like, this is crazy. Everyone's moving to Los Angeles. And I was like, how are you getting there? And she's like, I'm driving. Do you want directions? And takes a cocktail napkin and writes like, Head west on 94. <laughs> this is not real. Like the story you're telling is an actual lie, but that's fine. <laughs> so I get in my car with this cocktail napkin of directions. And I'm like, 
Wait, with this the psycho, it. with psycho killer, and with with girl with no personality who's a psycho as well. So now we've no, got no, just with, with just with the guy. The so girls, the the girl who connected us is not even with us. Why? It's just me and a guy I met moments earlier Lisa, in a McDonald's you, like, parking lot. No, you are dead. <laughs> You're a ghost, and I'm interviewing a ghost. Because wait a minute, where's where's Psycho Girl's like? She Psycho Girl has already flown out to California by then. Oh, okay, okay. And her mom just lives in Indiana, so she's not. So she was going. just allegedly doing. Well, I mean, to have someone to ride with you, I guess that's doing you a solid. Okay, so you get in. You the, would think. Well, you get in the car with Psycho Killer. At what point does he try to have sex with you? Never. Oh, well. Um, okay. I didn't know how to brush my hair at the time. So that's on <laughs> me. Um, <laughs> I, so I will also say like, so, and I just wrote about this a couple days ago, but the, the, the rough halfway point is Denver. You're going to, you're not even going to believe me. I already so don't. The rough this halfway point between like my home. I, I'm from a small town outside of Chicago that I call Chicago. Okay, so just picture Chicago, but only farms um, and a lake. Uh, so and not Illinois. Yeah, mm-hmm. great, and great. a different state entirely. Completely different city. It's fine. Here so, we go. So Chicago. <laughs> so I'm from Chicago, uh, born and raised, and so from Chicago to LA, the the rough halfway point is Denver, right? Yeah. yeah. So I'm like, oh, I know someone in Denver. You know who I knew in Denver? I had worked that restaurant I worked at when I was in high school. Yeah. There was a guy named James who worked there with me for like a year. And then James moved to Denver. We didn't really stay in contact. And then I remembered that he lived there. And so me being 19 and a fucking lunatic, I emailed James and I'm like, hey, I'm moving to LA and I'm coming through Denver. Can I stay at your apartment? Lisa and like, he says yes. Of course he did. He's got a 19-year-old blonde girl coming through. Who, how With many men? a weird guy that I had just met. Lisa, how many... Okay, so that allegedly happens, and you're not murdered. So again, not don't know murdered. If it's real. It was a wonderful time. James was so nice. He like took us to the taste of Denver. It was he was he was so lovely. But just the utter if, insanity. If a, if a if a 19 year old that I haven't talked to in three years emailed me today and was like, "Hey, can I stay at your place?" I'd be like, "Hardcore." Can no. I give you money for a hotel instead? This yeah. is a bad setup. This Every, is this, dangerous for all involved. For you, you for can me. Chiggers. I don't <laughs> want you sleeping on my couch. <laughs> chiggers for non Midwest humans that might be listening to this are they bite your ankles and they hurt and they are super contagious and they're worse than fleas. So if you haven't experienced them, come on down to the Midwest and mm-hmm. we we got a treat for you. Yeah, poor people carry them. Uh, um <laughs> Oh cool. So I have a ton of personal. So we experience. stop we stop in Denver, right? Then we're coming through and I like we're going to my aunt's house in Anaheim and I'm I'm so excited. This guy drives twice on the on the entire road trip drives twice. Yeah, that's because you drive like a demon from hell and you probably couldn't handle someone else driving your car. I do. But also like I was like, I don't know this guy. Yeah, I don't feel comfortable sleeping. I don't think I'm going to be able to sleep while he's y'all were uh, driving overnight, Lisa. Well, we left at like 9 p.m. Oh, the initial day. So was your first stop Denver? We drove 18 hours each day. Lisa. For two days. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And this guy, I can't remember his name. He only drove twice. Both times I started to doze off, right? The first time I doze off, he gets pulled over. And I was like, I, so I wake up and I'm like, and he's like, oh, shit. And I'm like, what's what's going on? He's like, we're getting pulled over. And I'm like, okay. And in my head, I'm like, this is your ticket. You fucking asshole. Like yeah. you're the one speeding and not paying attention. And also I have $3. Oh my <laughs> I can't God. Pay it. So he gets pulled over as the cops coming up to the car, he's panicking. And I'm like, why, what, 
is oh, going, he has no by license. the way, this is 20 years ago. So I'm like, this is, I'm like, well, why would anyone be scared of a police officer? You he's know? Um, I, I mean, it, and it was a white guy. So again, why would you be scared? Yeah, no reason. And he's like, he's like, my license is suspended. And it. he's like, he's like, but I do have an old license on me from another state that I used to live in. And I was like, 27 minutes ago, what? Senator Kamala Harris is I just got that same notification. Kamala Harris is Joe Biden's running mate now. Okay, sorry. That just, I, I don't know what happened. It started playing. So he's panicking. He's like, I, he's like, I have a, a license from another state that's not suspended. And I'm like, what the fuck? But he's like, but I haven't lived there and it's expired. So he gives that to the cop. The cop lets him off somehow. Because he's white and a dude. You're great. All's well. Okay. And I think also, honestly, because I'm a young girl and I'm panicking and I'm like, Hey, this is, I'll drive now. I can drive. If yeah. His license is expired. It's totally fine. It's my car. Like it's just a long road trip. You know, I'm panicking. So the second time he, I, I let him drive, I finally like calmed down enough the second day to let him drive again. We're coming out of Vegas. I start to fall asleep. I'm like almost asleep. And I feel the rumble strip and I look over. He's asleep at the wheel, Kate Gaffney. Oh, I was like, my God. Ah! Like I screamed. He wakes up, jerks the car back into the lane. And I'm like, pull over, pull over. And I'm like, I'm out of my fucking mind. Then as we're getting into, we're crossing state line into California. And he's like, this is the first, this is our first conversation we're having, by the way, in like in 36 hours. We're crossing the state line into California. And he's like, so, um, do you think we can stop in Fresno? He's like, which by the way, nowhere near. No, Fresno is we're eight hours, hours away from yeah. LA, like four or five hours from Anaheim. Yeah, yeah, if you're in Vegas, you're eight hours yeah. from Fresno. Like that's that's yeah. insane. And I'm like, I'm I'm no. packed with stuff. We're not. And he's like, can we stop in Fresno? My son lives there, and I haven't seen him in a, in several years. And I was like, Lisa, what? Lisa, no. no. And like, oh, oh. And then after we get to California, he tells my roommate's mom that I wouldn't stop to see his son. And she, and then it comes back to me that they're like, that was so rude. He was so nice to ride out with you. And we can't believe you wouldn't go to Fresno to see his son. I'm like, you have that conversation before you get in the car. Exactly. That doesn't, you don't spring that on someone. Also, I did not want him to ride with me. I was adamant. I was like, I will be fine on my own. And my roommate's mom was like, there's no, no way. I will not accept this. You have to ride with somebody. So they used so, you. They used you to get yeah. him to fret. That's bullshit. Oh, I would have been beyond. Yeah. So what, so yeah. you say no, they're all upset or whatever, but then does he, uh, does he carry he on a, from LA to Fresno? to get back to California or back to Indiana, like the day we got in. So how don't, left. well then what was he thinking that he was going to be able to I get to Fresno in and back? What is he going to see his kid for an hour? Excellent parenting, I, I sir. Also, I'm sorry. If you haven't seen your kid in years, maybe the best thing isn't for me to show up with you. Oh, the, the, the logical fallacies here are dripping. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you somehow survive the psycho killer who's falling asleep at the wheel. Mm -hmm. You get to LA. Do you have an apartment set up? No, but my room what happens with, yeah. So, so what happens with her? So I get to Anaheim, unload stuff at my aunt's house. But you decide you're going to just at least post with her for a little while whilst you're soon to be roommate right. the is... plan is to stay with my aunt for a month and then get into my new place oh well that was smart you bought some time okay i bought some time my room was under construction the whole time so <laughs> workers would come into my room in the morning and we, i had like one of those just like shitty uh twin beds on the wheel thing i have the to metal thing with wheels before you tell the story i have to jump in 
what a fact about Lisa is if you ever travel with her or stay with her or interact with her or whatever, and like God help her future children if she has them, she will not wake up. Lisa can sleep through things that you would think I'm lying. And like, obviously this whole podcast up until now has been a lie anyway with all the stories you've heard. (laughs) I mean, there could be a train literally going through her apartment, like right by her bed. And when her body was asleep, it wouldn't wait. It would not wake her up. So the fact that her room was under construction in the house where she was about to move in and what you're about to hear is what she slept through. I can vouch for the fact that it is insane what this bitch can sleep through so the next story i can at least tell you is at least somewhat true go ahead lisa yeah, tell him so tell i had him. one of those like little twin beds on one of those metal uh bed frames with the wheels you know and so the, the guys when they would work on the room during the day because this house was being totally refurbished or whatever they would push my bed into the middle of the room because i wouldn't wake up and then they would just paint around me and they had to have uh, thought you were dead i mean i don't understand <laughs> if i were the worker i would say look i understand maybe the first 10 minutes we're here but we're here for the day and this corpse is still under the sheets and that's the other thing ever, it doesn't matter what like, the temperature is lisa sleeps under 16 blankets and turns the heat on and is it, you're you're something's wrong with you at night go ahead can i tell you like i, I it's a strange feeling to wake up from a dead ass sleep with a freshly painted room. <laughs> it's fucking weird. <laughs> this is like, why I'm, oh, you, I'm not convinced what, okay. Yeah, one of these men along the way in this trip to California, I'm not convinced one of them like did some things to you that would be horrifying because you wouldn't have known. That's a good joke, Kate. That's a good joke. Really high highbrow comedy for this comedy podcast to talk about I sleep never rape. Figured it out. Yeah, this is really great. <laughs> okay, so uh, so you're staying in this, but it so you're buying time by staying with your aunt. So they're moving. Yeah. They're, cons- they're the house well, is under construction. Well, but also at the time I was very easily. I don't want to say tricked. Uh, <laughs> but tricked. <laughs> I but tricked. I, I didn't know shit from shit. And so I just kind of went with whatever other people told me. And mm-hmm. I dropped stuff off at my aunt's house. I drive into Hollywood. My my roommate is there. And she's like, I found this apartment. Um, come sign the lease. And I'm like, okay. Oh, I have no money, right? Lisa. So I go sign it. She puts down the deposit. We're splitting a studio. <sighs> a studio. Oof. On Hollywood Boulevard, you know I had to live on Hollywood Boulevard so I could send out $50 worth of Christmas cards that year. You know that. Uh, And you know I had approximately $40 to my name when I did that. Um, So that all went on a credit card that I just paid off this year. Hey. Um, (laughs) So I hope you enjoyed your Christmas card, you fucks. Um, Mazel, mazel, Lisa. (laughs) So I get to Hollywood, sign a lease. The situation that's going on is my roommate tells me, my boyfriend and his roommate need a place to stay for the month. So they're going to sublet it for the first month and then we'll move in. So I have my very first apartment. I When I moved into it a month into our lease, the carpet was already destroyed. Oh. I mean, destroyed while I slept in a construction zone for a month. I would, Lisa, I did not know that. I would have lost my GD mind. But she put but down the deposit, me, right? To present, present day me, there's no... No way. No way. There's no way. No way. Um, No way. This is a bad idea for a million reasons. So they destroy the carpet. Then where were they going after the month? They found their own place. What ass? What selfish pieces of shit? Mm -hmm. That's the whole thing was a fucking nightmare. Did she end up being an awful (laughs) roommate? Uh, Beyond, beyond awful. Uh, Because her mom came out like. 
right after we moved in, her mom came out and like bought her a futon and bought us like a toaster or something like little stuff. Again, it was a studio, so there's no room for anything. Um, and every day she would remind me, well, my mom bought this stuff, so it's mine and it's not actually yours. Um, and I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to use the toaster anyway, you dumb bitch. I mean, I didn't say that, but I wanted to, and I wish I would have. Yeah. But also you you're living in a studio with someone whose mother's best suggestion was to have you drive out here with a a, a deadbeat dad who you don't know who falls asleep at the wheel. So we're, we're not exactly operating who who has one suspended license and one expired license. Yeah. Like we're not the, the logical fallacies are overwhelming here so you you know at this point if I were you I would have just been like now this is a tsunami of insanity so I'm just gonna let it wash over me because if I try to resist this I will die so okay fine (laughs) yeah and it's also like to put it into more or better context and I don't mean this to like drag my family but I came from a fucked up household and so for things to feel bad yeah uh felt normal oh Um, I get that yeah and so for somebody to uh manipulate you or abuse you or use you in a way felt like part of the plan. Um, sure. it didn't, you know, like, and I'm sure that will resonate with people. Like it doesn't, mm-hmm. you just don't resist certain things until you've grown past it. You know? Well, and, um, until you've healed. I mean, I think that as soon as we normalize, I mean, you, you have to normalize some of those things as a kid because they're coping mechanisms to survive in a particular household. I absolutely. think until we have something to, that it can butt up against where someone says, hold on a second, uh, your parents putting hands on you actually isn't normal. And you're like, what? Then right. I think until we have something that butts up against it, we just it's survival to think it's normal. So totally. So you're living in this studio with with this petty bitch whose mom is unwell. And mm-hmm. at what point? It, so so during this time, uh, we're going to get into the specifics of jobs and mm-hmm. the order of jobs and stuff later. But at what point are you then on the path to comedy? What gets us to to now? That was I moved out here 2003. I think I started Second City in 2007. Okay, 2007. I didn't live in LA in 2007. So it would cuz I I started Second City in 2009, so I think you would you may have already, your class was you might have been two in front of me then. Cuz cuz our yeah. our coworker by the time I yeah, got here because reckon- when I first started Second City, I did um oh wait, no, I started in the fall of 2007. So when I okay. when I initially started, I did I did that intensive yeah. And then in 2008, I started to go through the conservatory. So okay. you started the conservatory in 2009, you were only one be- be- behind me. Got it. Okay. Yeah. So you get, so where do you, are you still living in the studio on Hollywood Boulevard that whole time? Or what got you out of that? <laughs> She's pausing and making a face and going, really? Do you want to know it, Kate? I do. I can't like, I'm holding it. Cause I'm like, I, I know, you know, this story and you've uh, forgotten it. And I love that I get to retell you. Uh, so I signed the lease on my apartment September. Your apartment being the Hollywood Boulevard September studio 2nd. apartment that was ruined, right? That's the, yeah. the apartment we're talking about. Okay, go ahead. Mm-hmm. September 2nd. The, the lease September 2nd when I get to LA. Okay. I move in October 1st. The third week of January, the following year. So four, four months, months later. Yeah. I had been at the apartment by myself for the night and because my roommate was staying at her boyfriend's. And again, I sleep through everything. So I wake up for work Uh, I'm getting ready for work and I come out of my front door. I'm on the first floor. We had had windows that didn't lock. They were easily opened from the outside that we had told the landlord again and again and again about. And I being 19 and not knowing any better, none of this was in writing. 
it was just a verbal like popping into the office like, hey, my windows don't lock. Thanks so much. Still don't lock. Thanks so much. If you could get on that. Thank you so much. Never in the whole time I lived there. So I have no record of this. So our apartment was set up like Melrose Place. If you've seen that, there's a it's two stories. There's a pool in the middle. I don't remember if Melrose Place is two stories. Who gives a fuck? There's there's a pool in the middle. Show was All garbage. the units are around the pool facing one another. I come out. There's police tape everywhere. There's a detective dusting I her fingerprints. I forgot about like, this story. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. I forgot about this. And I'm like, I go up to the detective. So now I'm like, what the fuck is this? So I go over and I'm like, hey, uh, what's what's going on here? And they're like, oh, don't worry about it. We got him. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, what? We, we got him. <laughs> what does that mean? What does that mean? We got him. No, I, I'm coming over to you with no information. <laughs> so uh, we got him isn't where you start, um, actually. And I'm like, oh. got him? Got who? And they're like, well, the Van Nuys rapist. He was living here. Wow. So then I, now, because now I'm like, this this is crazy, but I need to get to work. I'm late for my multi-level marketing scam job. <laughs> we'll get there. Um, I can't wait to talk about it. You have no idea. We'll get there. Like, <laughs> I'm late for my pyramid scheme, sir. Uh, <laughs> Gotta <so> go. <laughs> I go to the, the parking garage and it was like one of those parking garages where like the cars, the building's kind of on a hill a little bit. It, it's at Hollywood and uh, Formosa, if anybody's interested in the Southeast corner. <laughs> Um, I'm sure there's something for rent. (laughs) Yeah. It's one of those buildings where it's kind of on an incline. So the, the cars are parked under the, what the first floor is, Mm -hmm. you know, like it's like a little carport situation. I go to get in my car. There's police tape across it. And I'm like, um, I have to go to work like yelling at these cops. I'm like, I need, I, you guys have to get out of my way. Cause I'm like, I got to sell some shit out of my trunk. (laughs) Well, and at this point I'm also like, I'm so desperately poor oh, that I'm like, that feeling is my, so the front of my brain is not even like there was a murder. The front of my brain is like, I have to clock in now. I can't lose a dollar. Like I'm freaking I out. So you know? know that feeling. Ugh. Oh, it's the worst. It's the worst. So it's not actually the fun a- lean times that people talk about. This is, that's the desperate. Like I don't look back yeah. on those times fondly. I look mm-hmm. back on those times and get sick. No, go ahead. Sorry. No, it was a nightmare. Nightmare. Um, so I, I, I'm needing to get in my car. And they're like, oh, you can't touch anything because we have to dust for fingerprints first. It's part of the evidence. And I'm like, uh, then get your fucking fingerprints so I can go. I literally said to the cop, I go, fine. Then somebody's got to give me a ride to work. I have to get to work. And they're like, okay, hold on. So they're like, good for you, Lisa. I don't know that I'd have the chutzpah to do that. Good for you. It wasn't even, I don't even think it was chutzpah. It was desperation. Like I was so broke I was like yeah. in my mind I was like just clocking every dollar I was missing I was Ooh. like no so what had happened was there was a a guy who was a a grip on movies and he was going through divorce with his wife by the way he had two young daughters um he was going through divorce with his wife said to a co-worker who and the co-worker lived in my building said to a co-worker can I crash with you for a few nights my wife and I are splitting up the guy's like fine so the grip gets into this guy's house, starts doing like, I think it was meth. And the guy's like, you, you have to go. You can't stay. And the guy threatens to kill him, like pull out a gun or a knife Ooh. or something. And he's like, I'm fucking staying here. You're not kicking me out. And he's like, allegedly he told him he's like, cause it was an old lady living in the next unit. And he's like, 
I know how this these units are set up and I know where the gas lines are and I'll blow up this whole building if you kick if you call the police if you do anything and he's like I'll knock this wall out and I'll murder that old lady like crazy shit right oh my god he had been picking up hookers in Van Nuys uh, and then tying them up torturing them and by then obviously they're like get me out of here I'm not having sex with you uh, and then he was raping them and violently murdering them like oh. brutally murdering them. And the way they caught him, the Van Nuys rapist, was the second to the last girl he caught was dead and rolled up in a rug in his car that was parked at my building, by the way. Jesus Christ. Um, she was dead and rolled up in a rug. And then the, the final victim was naked and tied up. And he left her to go get more drugs. And she managed to escape. Ooh. Oh, and she she he had also had the last one help him move the second to last one's body. Oh my God. Um, So this was all at your building. So does a cop actually drive you to your MLM scheme job? (laughs) No, they ended up like finishing dusting my car, whatever. I go to work. I'm, I'm sure you can already imagine what an implausible story that sounds like to be like, sorry, I'm late. There was a serial killer in my apartment. Um, (laughs) It just doesn't, it doesn't roll off the tongue quite like traffic does. (laughs) It's very on Lisa Curry brand though. Again, like I told you at the top, this is not a murder podcast. And yet somehow (laughs) we told a murder story. Congrats. You got one in. (laughs) Okay. so So like, so I call my old roommate. I tell her what's going on. She I'm at work 12 hours because that's how uh, oh, multi-level marketing scams work. I'm at work for 12 hours. While I'm gone, she goes to the apartment, packs it up. Fuck she off. Up Lisa, I don't stuff. think I know this. She packs up her stuff and a bunch of my stuff too because she had put down the deposit and I hadn't paid her back the deposit yet because I had no money. Because her boyfriend Um, destroyed the goddamn carpets. You aren't responsible for that. She would also do stuff like eat my groceries and use all my shampoo and conditioner and be like, well, you owe me money. And I'm like, well, I owe you less money then. Yeah. Are we keeping a track of this? Because if you're just stealing from me, we're just going to have that go towards the debit. She kept she I mean, granted, she was also like a teenager at the time. So I have no idea. You know, I'm sure she's slightly less psycho now. No, Um, don't defend her. This is insane. So she she steals from you, packs up portions of mm -hmm. what you own, the very meager Mm -hmm. things that you have. Mm -hmm. And then is she like only my nice stuff? Of course. Only like. my Yeah. How many posters did she take? Did she take any of your posters? Zero. Shocking. Uh, So at what point, so you're you're at work. Does she tell you she's packing up all of of your stuff and her stuff? No, I just come home and there's only my stuff there. And is she like, like, I'm going to stay with my boyfriend now. And I'm like, okay. So can I have my stuff back? Did you ask? I did. uh, And then she just moved back to Indiana like a month later. So wait, she's all deuces. She she shirks having to pay the full terms of a lease. Mm -hmm. So she leaves you with an apartment you don't have to pay for by yourself. Well, I I think we had agreed we were both moving out. And then we went to the landlord and we're like, we want our deposit back. And the landlord was like, uh, no. Now, you did you leverage the murder building situation at all? Did you say we don't feel safe or two women? This is insane. And she was like, the landlord, uh, a woman, said they caught him. There's no reason to worry anymore. You and, don't lock uh, my windows. Of course there's uh-huh. a reason. We're on Hollywood I, fucking Boulevard. I never had that in writing. I uh, never had it in writing that the locks didn't work. What a piece of shit person she is. Wow. So did you I mean, so, so did you lose? They did catch him. So it's like, well, what am I leaving now for? <laughs> Lisa. You know, I mean. So where did you move after that? So 
at work that day, I tell this girl, Danielle, that I was working with, I'm like, yeah, there was like this fucking murder. I don't want to go back to my place. And she's like, well, my roommates don't know it, but I want to move out. So do you want to just stay with me for the weekend and then take over my room? And I was like, sure. And it was in Monrovia. Oh, for anyone um, not in LA, that is, that's not that many miles, but that's two hours in traffic so minimum. So I mean, far. you're not close to anything. Oh, nothing. And oh, I mean, it was nice. I had a huge room. I ended up, I lived there for a little while before I f- finally moved into like my own place. But yeah, that was another thing. Like I had just started this job. I didn't know this girl at all. And she's like, stay with me and then take over my room. And I'm like, okay. okay. Without that- meeting her roommates first. Oh, that logic has gotten me into so much trouble with, yeah, it's awful. It's also it's awful. just like a survival thing. Yes. We're constantly like, yes. oh, here's an opportunity. Fine. I'm not even going to look for another one because yeah. all I know all I've ever known is that there's no opportunities. Yeah. So if there's only one, or if I hear of one, that's, it must be the only one. And I'm going to claw my way into it because, well, that's the only thing available. Oh, mm-hmm. girl. I'm going to take it even if it's crazy. Oh, so I identify so with yeah, that then so I, lived, uh, I lived there for a while. Okay, so, so where in this chaos are you, I mean, because to live hand to mouth like that, trying to pursue entertainment is virtually impossible because you also have to put together a reel and get headshots and take a class and glad hand and shake hands and blah, blah, blah. So you can't, there's no networking. There's no, none of this stuff. Yeah. So, so at what point do you have enough money to be able to afford second city classes? Cause those are no joke. Not until I was working at hard rock. And I, 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 can I say, uh, tell a nice story really quick? Sure. Um, just because I mean, of the murder thing. Yeah. I'm there with this. Um, yeah. I mean, anything to sort of absorb the, the, um, street sounds and if i hear anything i'll just stop i mean people have sort of come to understand that this is what podcasting is in these times which is a bummer yeah i hate that this is not in person it would be way easier if it were in person i cannot believe i did not think to do this before i left i had all my equipment i was in hell though and my brain was broken but I yeah you are you kidding me you I'm, were like in the midst of trauma god bless i can't believe i didn't think clearly when i was being traumatized actively 